You're listening to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the leading SEO, pay-per-click, social media, content marketing, and email marketing authorities come to share their secrets. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, OneClick Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast. I am your host, OneClick Lindsay, and today we're going to be talking about conversion rates. I have a guest on that's going to tell us all of his conversion rate secrets, and all of our dreams will come true because he will tell us how to convert those website visitors into clients. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest. His name is Justin Christensen. He is a self-proclaimed numbers junkie and a 13-year-old digital marketing veteran. He's a father, husband, and a number one best-selling author of Conversion Fanatic, How to Double Your Customers, Sales, and Profits with A-B Testing. He is also the co-founder and president of a company called Conversion Fanatics, a full-service conversion rate optimization company. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast, Justin. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. We're very glad to have you here. You're the perfect guest for our show. You're exactly the kind of guest that's going to tell us all the secrets so we can drive traffic and leads to our website and increase conversions. So first things first, did I miss anything in that intro that you would like to add? No, just hopefully I can live up to it. (laughs) Very cool. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about this book you wrote, what it covers, and why we need to go buy it? Well... As we know, conversions really isn't the crazy, sexy topic that, say, traffic is. Um, a lot of people don't understand it. They know they need to be optimizing and need to be split testing, but a lot of people don't really know how to go about it or get the most out of it. So I set out to really educate the marketplace on the importance of conversion optimization and do it in a way that was tangible and actionable. Um, instead of kind of fluffing it up with a bunch of theory. So the book took me over a year to write and 10 years in the making. And uh, it ended up being a relatively short book at 150 pages, but it's just packed with case studies and specific examples and actionable items that you can take and go to help you become a world-class company. Wow, very cool. So for those of us, so those audience members that may not know, let's describe conversion. So essentially... Why don't you do that for us? Describe so, what, what you mean by conversion. So conversion is essentially boils down to a desired action you want your website visitor to take, um, whether that become a lead, whether that buy something. I mean, there really isn't anything else or, you know, I mean, click on something, download something, um, any desired action or key performance indicator for those savvy folks in the market is it just boils down to that. So that desired action, whether it be clicking on an ad, can be considered a conversion because you're converting them into a website visitor um, and then converting that website visitor into a leader or customer. Very good. Okay, so just generically speaking, maybe we're giving away an ebook or we're doing like a webinar or even purchase my product. What are your top, can you give us your top, I'll say three to five conversion secrets? So... The number one thing that I see companies miss the mark on, and I critique, I don't know, a hundred plus sites a month probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number one thing that they miss the mark on is leveraging the benefits of their product. So we're all out there shouting from the rooftops and how great our product or service is and all of these cool features that we have. 
and we're not tying that into a specific benefit. So all your website visitors and your potential customers care about at the end of the day is what's in it for me as a potential customer. So leading with the benefits is I use the example of I'm looking at my MacBook Pro, 16 gigabytes of RAM. That's great. That's a feature. But what is the benefit of having that 16 gigabytes of RAM? Or Mm -hmm. what's the other benefit of my product or service? Mine, for example, solves several different problems as well as takes away a lot of the stress and strain on internal resources. So that's a big benefit to them. And then I tie that back into the features on how we're going to do that. Um, That's probably the biggest thing. Um, So you're saying it's a copywriting problem? Well, it can be a copywriting problem from that standpoint, but we typically break it down into bullet points to that standpoint and making sure that it's clearly visible above, you know, say the fold of the page. Um, mm-hmm. When I go in and look at a, in a, at a landing page, I kind of give it the five second test and I want to look at it for five seconds. And then if I turned off my monitor and was asked 10 questions about that company, could I answer them? on what they do, mm-hmm. what they're selling, what the purpose of the page was. So I try to look at that from a, a conversion standpoint. And I all I want to really understand is, does the page solve the problem, telling them you know, who you are, what you do, and how it's going to benefit them, and as quickly as possible. And when I look at it, an entire conversion process, I look at it from taking the hand of your visitor and leading them down the path of least resistance to the end goal. And what we do there is a good benefit-driven headline, then take those benefits and break them up. Nobody reads online. Um, so a lot of companies will try to pack their page with a bunch of information and copy and things. Of course, there's exceptions like long-form sales letters and things to that nature, but Um, breaking it up as simply as possible and giving a clear call to action and telling people exactly what to do next, all in a short time frame. Okay. Other secrets you're going to tell us? Oh, let's see. Leveraging social proof is probably another one. It all boils down to probably the top five basics is it comes down to that. But social proof is one of the biggest elements that I see. They might have it, say you got a home page. And you got to scroll down two times to see, you know, who they work with or, you know, media mentions or any client testimonials or things like that instead of bringing it up further on the page. So you say that's number one. So get that, get those things moved up. Yeah. Get, get your proof up there because again, nobody wants to be first at buying something. They want to know that somebody else Mm. has achieved the results that they are looking to achieve with that product. I mean, look at the weight loss diet industry, for example, they're just packed with before and after pictures. Right. Because that's giving you the results just right up front. And it's a testimonial, like, cause you can't really fit. Yeah. Not unless you're really good at Photoshop. Right. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Which I'm not. Um, (laughs) Good. I'm glad you're not lying to everyone, Justin. Um, Okay. Well, let's. uh, So before we started the show, you said you typically don't take customers from the ground up, but you actually go in to already established companies and you basically improve their conversion. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. We typically don't want to try to prove out an idea. It just takes too much time. Interesting. And, you know, so you'll actually turn people away and say, you're not really established. You're not really driving traffic. There's nothing I can do for you. I mean, I'll give them some ideas, but we, I mean, we won't take them on as a client to actually help them because they, 
typically will want something a lot faster than what is humanly possible. Um, right. So. And would you say at that point it's a traffic problem because you can't really help a conversion rate unless you have a decent amount of traffic to actually test conversions, correct? Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to get some eyeballs on there and establish a baseline. And I always tell people just get something out there and get eyeballs on it. What you or I think is great has nothing to do with what the visitors think is great. Yeah. Um, so yeah. get the baselines and then you can improve from there. So I see a lot of people just throw something out there and then it doesn't work and then they give up on it um, instead of massaging it and tweaking it to the way that you can get the numbers to work out in your favor. Right. Okay. So you go into a company, you've, got, you've, you've done this for a really long time. Can you give us either your favorite case study or a really cool example where you go into a company, this is kind of sort of what their page looked like. We made XYZ changes. Bam, the conversion rate was amazing. Can you give us an exa- like a very concrete example like that? Um, we've got a lot of them, but um Pick your favorite. There was one recently where we made some just tiny page change. Um where we were looking at a contact form for a software as a service company and we removed simply the how did you hear about us field in the form. Um it was just a basic drop down in the form. We already had it tracked you know, via other tracking methods. So we already knew where they were coming from. And it resulted in an 1,864% improvement in form submissions. Wow. That's impressive. (laughs) So does that go back? So like we're tracing that back to the more information you ask from people, the less likely they will fill out your form. Is that why you removed it? Um, Yeah. And it was just, it was unnecessary. And it was yeah. just an additional friction point in the process because we already knew exactly where those visitors were coming from. They were tracked. Um, Interesting. With campaign IDs and other things. So we already knew um, that step. So going another step further in that, we actually did some tests on a long form, basically contact form. It was super long for a different company um, asking like 10 or 12 questions. And we broke those out into individual questions at a time like just asking one question at a time survey style. And it increased the interaction with the, the form and the form submits and the, those that started it by 1,100%. Because they didn't see this long form ahead of them to fill it out. Yep. They, right? Okay. And we just wow. qualified them throughout the, the process. If they were the right fit, they answered certain ways, they saw certain questions, and it worked out extremely well. We saw a huge increase in interactions from there. Wow. Would you now, I think I already know your answer, but you wouldn't say like most customers you go into, I'm guessing they're pretty savvy on the basics of conversions, like have a nice headline, have some bulleted items, have your social proof, or is it as easy as you're making it sound where you go in, most customers don't really do that. You throw those up and bam, Justin is a hero. No, I mean, we, we got to earn our keep. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, we're talking, you know, we've worked with companies up to $200 million in revenue. So they are obviously doing something right. Wow. Um, so we come in and what we have find is a lot of companies are, they're so close to their product or service. Mm. They see it every single day. So they get blinders on. They don't see the obvious areas for improvement and they're, they see their data every day and they're just, so engulfed in the whole process of what is their company that they fail to see the small low hanging fruit and those biggest leverage points. So oftentimes we can come in and look like a hero um, by getting some quick wins out of the way 
Um, but other times we've got to really work for it um, because they just have stuff in place. And we're usually pretty picky about who we work with to make sure we can help them. Um, right. And we've had ones where we just couldn't get the big wins that we're looking for. You know, we grind it out. We run, you know, a dozen plus tests and we just get slight improvements and, you know, some losing variations. And we just can't get where it needs to be. Hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for admitting that. I mean, I'm sure we all run into that in business. It's cool that you're like, sometimes you just can't help them. Maybe it's the audience or the product or something, right? Yeah. The day of the week, perhaps. Oh, that all those factors play a role for sure. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, thank you for sharing that. Okay, so um, most of my clients probably don't fit into your maybe they do into your demographic, and maybe lots of them are like doing testing, A/B testing on their own, conversion rate testing on their own. I know you're gonna get. I'm sure you use some really complicated tools, but what tools would you recommend to those of us? who are just kind of getting started or wanting to do it for ourselves, or maybe we have a web developer doing it and we say, hey, can you please start using this tool type of thing? Um, I don't like to get as complicated as you probably think. Really? Um, because you don't really need to. Um, in fact, I just spoke at a mastermind um, on some private one-on-one sessions with some people here before we hopped on this call, and it was basically cutting out all of the junk in their business. So we don't like to reinvent the wheel. Our number one testing platform, our tool that we choose is Optimizely. Um, we use them. Uh, we're certified partners with them and we have found them to be, you know, pound for pound, dollar for dollar to be the most uh, reliable and effective. Awesome. Um, we use good old Google Analytics. Um and we use things like Mixpanel on occasion, improvement. Now, what's Mixpanel? I don't know what that is. Uh, Mixpanel is basically like a, a tracking platform. Um, allows you to get better insights and tracking outside of, you know, say, Google Analytics. Um, cool. Just kind of a next level of tracking. Very cool. Um, and then from there, we just use things like Crazy Egg or Hotjar for heat maps and click maps. Very cool. You're right. You aren't complicated at all. You could have really overwhelmed us there. Thank you. Yeah, we don't don't like to reinvent the wheel. Awesome. So speaking of being overwhelmed with A-B testing and conversion rates, so would you say most conversion rate improvements definitely like the foundation is going to be some good A-B testing and tracking? Is that fair? Um, yeah, and it's just really paying attention to your visitor's behavior on site. Um, nobody really pays attention to their data enough to uh, figure out what their visitors are telling them. Can so, you give us some concrete examples of what you mean? Um, for example, we had a client that was trying to push their visitors down. They had two paths to enter their pipeline, and they were trying to push people down a certain path because that's where they thought they, want, they wanted to go. Come to find out they wanted the other path, um, based on some analysis of their data. So we switched it um, to put more emphasis on the path that they wanted to go down and decrease their bounce rate by 81%. Wow. Impressive. Love it. Okay. Well, let's just take an example. I have a landing page. I want people to opt in to say, download my free ebook to which behind it, I have a cool autoresponder sequence help, you know, nurturing them into my loving arms. So, 
Um, let's say I have that landing page. I have a headline. I have my bulleted items over to the right. I have enter your name, enter your email, a picture of the ebook, all the things I'm supposed to have. Where do I start A-B testing? Do I replace the picture and run a test? Do I replace the headline? Do I redo the whole page with colors? Tell me where I start. So I would want to see heat maps or click maps on the page first. Wow. Okay. Um, for like the that's your 911, you must do that. Yeah, because that tells you where what your visitors are paying attention to. Maybe you find out that they're clicking on the image just an overwhelming amount of time, but it does nothing. Um, maybe you have a call to action or a warning there. Yeah, and maybe you find out that they're getting um, confused by the form, even if it's a simple form. Maybe it's just uh, having issues. They're clicking on a certain area that you wouldn't have expected them to click on or they're not getting to it. So I would definitely look at that to find the leverage points first. Um, okay, hold on one second. Is there a free heat map tool or t um, or tell us again what the heat map tool is that you use? Um, Crazy Egg is our one of choice. Okay. Um, it's relatively inexpensive. Um, I think Sumo Me has one as well for individual pages um, that you leverage their tool and I think it's free. Okay. Um, cool. Crazy Egg's the one of choice. You can get as complicated as you want using things like Hotjar, which will actually give you a video recording of the people on your page. Very cool. Okay. Cool. Um, good, good info. What's next? Um, so we'll look at that information, and then we usually look for kind of the key elements, making sure that things are up above the fold. We're actually telling people what to do instead of just having the form on the page. We're actually saying, you know, fill out the form below, and you're going to get this benefit in with this ebook. Um, so we'll, we'll take them down that path. Then the next thing that we typically test is almost always headline. If you're going to test anything ever, test the headline. Okay. Um, the reason is that if studies have been shown that you have less than three seconds to capture the attention of an online visitor because of all the noise that's out there and it's actually getting progressively worse. So your headline is the main element that's going to capture their attention and bring them in to the rest of the marketing message. So we typically try to figure out how to do, here's who we are, here's what, here's what it's going to do for you, and here's how to get it, all within like 16 words or less. Can you give us an example of a headline? Oh, like... I know, uh, I'm putting you on the spot right now, I'm sorry. We just had one that it was a chocolate company that delivered chocolate and we changed their headline to get pure joy delivered 12 months a year. I like that. Was the okay. Headline. That's um, nice. And it actually increased the control by some, some ridiculous figure. It was, it was in a hundred percent range um, just because it was, what was it before in general? Do you remember? Uh, it was just something generic like uh, register now. Like, you know, register oh. to get um, this delivered something. It was kind of generic. Um, so we kind of played into the emotions of, you know, getting them thinking about, you know, how great chocolate is, you know, with that pure joy statement. Very nice. So do you have copywriters on your team? Are you a good copywriter? Where do you come up with this sexy copy? Um, we're all kind of copy driven. I guess the majority of our team members, I started out, you know, writing some direct response copy. My business partner did the same thing. Um, some of our team members are very savvy when it comes to that. 
Um, so we're just able to come up with a many different variations. Awesome. Okay. Um, so when back to my landing page, no one's opting in. I've come up with a sexy headline. Tell me where else to go. Um, if nobody's opting in and you have a very low rate, it might be a message market mismatch or a traffic page mismatch. Um, maybe you were not being completely congruent from your ad to your actual landing page. You're not mm -hmm. transferring over that message if you're promising something. Uh, for the specific example there is uh, I was browsing for doing some embroidery, um, getting some shirts embroidered and some things like that, and I found this ad on Facebook. Of course, I was getting retargeted everywhere because I was visiting all these pages, but it said you get 50% off your first order. I clicked on the ad. I was like, okay, well, let me check this out. The landing page had nothing to do with 50% off my order. And instead it presented me with some weird thing for 35% off and didn't tell me how to get it. So there was a big incongruency between the ad and the actual landing page that I was taken to. Um, so you want to make sure you have some congruency there. From there, a lot of times you can just test things like, um, or test things around your form, like uh, the color background around your form, how big the form fields are. Do you have a header on your form field uh, versus the text in there that gets replaced when you click on the box? Um, button color, button size, text on the button, um, your terms and condition, testing the privacy policy with an image of a lock versus not. Sometimes we find that privacy is just assumed um, mm -hmm. that adding an actual thing that, you know, we take your privacy 100% serious will actually hurt conversions in some cases. Why is that? Um, it's just, it just does. people, I mean, <laughs> it, it is. I mean, people, some people. Like because you're it. saying it, maybe you don't mean it. <laughs> yeah, it, that could be the psychology behind it. And other example is, you know, we'll never spam you. You know, people will have that in there. Um, and people yeah. automatically see spam. So they're like, oh, they're going to spam me. Um, even because though you're saying, saying that I'm not going to spam you. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've done little tests like adding a little asterisk and it's free just in small little 12 point font next to the button or right below the button had shown, you know, 20 plus percent increases. Um, there's a lot of things on a very simple page. Um, another example is one was signing up for just um, name, email, and password for a um, free account. It was like a video landing page. And we just added a little mouse over question mark next to the username and password field that told them exactly what we were asking. Just a little hover light box thing, and it increased their conversion rates uh, dramatically because of it. Wow. Um, so uh, these tools that you've mentioned will obviously help you manage the multiple uh, drafts of pages that you're going to come up with are you, when you go and make a change like this Justin do you like do you you're running traffic to a page and it's your winning page do you literally go and make one teeny tiny change like put a lock on it and run that and then maybe the next time you put the little question mark on it and run that like how minuscule I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with a B testing how minuscule for real these are these changes you're making before you actually can run another test um, it can be as little as a single letter because nothing in optimization and split testing is off limits. Um, I give the example, Dan Kennedy, the copywriter, um, he said that a company that was uh, 
advertising pre-internet days in print. They had a music product and their headline read, put music into your life. They made a mistake and actually submitted the headline as puts music into your life with one little S. Yeah. Tripled their results. Because one conveys that there's work involved. The other one conveys that the work is going to be done for you. So it is as overwhelming and detail-oriented as you're outlining in our interview then, is what you're telling me. Um, it, it can be. I'm not going to say that it's easy. Um, yeah, otherwise I, you can have a job, it, right, Justin? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be in business if it was that easy. Um, okay. Because nothing is off limits. So you have to really test and just pay attention to your data and where the visitors are going and use back that up with some best practices. You know, so if you're having a serious issue where nobody's opting in, changing the button color probably isn't going to do it. Right. It's typically will come down to your actual offer at that point. Okay. Um, okay. I'm down to my last five minutes with you. Tell me, um, now this is just for me. Maybe everyone else wants to listen in too. What is your favorite kind of traffic to be messing around with? Would you rather have a site that has a ton of organic Google traffic, pay-per-click traffic, Facebook traffic? What's your favorite kind of traffic? Um, I, I'm not biased. You don't uh, care? Well, it really depends on the business because some businesses can't get Facebook traffic to convert. Um, where others can only get organic. We've got a company coming on uh, here at the end of the month that they can't buy traffic. Um, it's not because it was just because of some regulations. They're actually in the e-liquid market. Um, oh. So because of the nicotine stuff, they can't run ads on Facebook and they Google really doesn't like them. So they have to rely on a lot of organic traffic and other means, but yet they have a truckload of traffic. So therefore we can optimize it. So you wouldn't necessarily say like organic traffic is going to convert better or higher than a pay-per-click campaign? Can you say that? I mean, to each their own. I mean, organic, obviously, they're searching for something and it's going to be good quality traffic for the most part. Same thing with pay-per-click. AdWord or, you know, uh, Facebook is more interruption marketing where it's not something somebody searching for a specific result. They're just seeing an ad and be like, oh, this looks good and click through on it versus, you know, I'm typing in a specific keyword that I want to find the answer to. Um, so they, they convert it. They convert different and they have to be treated differently. But I wouldn't say that they're, you know, one favorite one. Interesting. OK, cool. Um, wow, you have just given us so much amazing info. Again, thank you so much for being on the show today. Before we go, can you give us your, do you have a number one piece of advice for those that are just diving into website conversions and wanting to do something with their traffic? And then before you leave, tell us again where to find you, if you have any freebies to give us, and anything else you want us to know. So one piece of advice is don't, and this is going to sound very counterintuitive to what I've talked about, but Um, don't really pay attention to your conversion rate as much as these two other metrics, and that is your cost per acquisition and your average order value. So pay attention to how much you're spending to acquire a lead or a customer and how much that lead or customer is worth to you. From there, the conversion rate becomes relative to those other numbers, and then you can improve from there. Fair enough. Thank you. Okay, tell us where to find you and how people can hire you. Conversionfanatics.com, that's plural. And they can find information about the book. It links over to Amazon and everything on there. 
as well as you can find me directly on all of the social channels and stuff by going to Clixo, C-L-Y-X-O dot com slash Justin Christensen, all one word. Perfect. Well, thank you again for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. There you have it, folks. Another awesome episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. Justin taught us a ton today, so go out and put it to action. I am your host, One Click Lindsay with TrafficandLeads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, featuring online marketing expert, One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more traffic and leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.